My name is Wazir. My name is John Muhammad. And this is the Business Building Blocks Podcast. How you doing today? I'm fantastic. How about yourself? I'm excited. It's good to be back uh, to, to, to bring the listeners that knowledge that they can use in their everyday life while they're trying to build their business. That's right. And uh, this is one of those episodes where I'm really excited because we have somebody who's actually in the field doing the work. He's actually been educating people over over a decade on this subject of financial literacy. That's true. So right now I'm going to introduce our guest for today, Mr. Michael Brown. Would you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and tell him a little bit about your history when it comes to financial uh, literacy. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Michael Brown. Um, just a little bit about myself. I'm not a native Houstonian, but I'm from New Orleans. I um, came here with Hurricane Katrina. So we lived in one of the worst parts of the city, um, born in the Calio Project. Anybody ever heard of that? The same um, development where um, Master P came from. Okay. As a matter of fact, his grandparents used to watch me. Mm. So when you're talking about being at the bottom of the economic totem pole, that was it for me. Um, my mother, um, I was only one. About five days after that, she was murdered. She, after I turned one. So to hear that. So she was killed in, in that. So when I say the worst part of the city, my dad, he was into in and out of penitentiary and things like that. So I got to see what it's like, you know, firsthand. Um, definitely not born with a gold, silver spoon, whatever you want to call it. Um, my grandmother at that time was 60 years old and she um, lived to be, until I was 32, I'm 41 years old now. So she hasn't been gone that long. She was 91 years old when she passed away. So I got to see what it looks like when you live 30 years plus in retirement with no money. That's right. No money. So um, I went to college. I wanted to make sure that I made her proud of me. And I didn't bring any more stress in her life because she already lost my mother. And so I thought that that was my way out, which it was in some senses it was. But I'm still economically not where I need to be because uh, and financially because I had to pay for my education with loans. That's right. So, which is typical of a lot of people, especially in the African-American, I mean, we don't have it. That's right. So we come out owing more than what we actually earn in a year. So now you're really behind, you know, when it comes. So I said it has to be a way, but just by divine intervention, someone gave my number to somebody. And that's how I got involved in this industry. I did not go looking for it. It came and found me. You know, so they called me, sat down with me. I, at that time, I was a teacher here in Houston working at Nimitz High School. And I sat down with this person because I had never seen or even been in the same room with a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. You know, and he showed me some things. And just because of that, I'm now I'm married. I have a, I own a home. My credit is decent. You know, um, and that's some things that most people strive for. And it's some simple concepts that if you follow them, your credit is a byproduct of that. Mm -hmm. You own property. You having money saved is about, and it's simple. It's, it has been so convoluted and and made to look like it's so complicated, but it really isn't. Mm -hmm. And when you, if you want some people to not take advantage of an opportunity, make it look like it's complicated. Sure. Make it look like it's not made for them mm -hmm. when it actually is. Mm -hmm. mm. So you. And you you were an educator, right? Is that yeah. is that what you went to school for for education? Or what no, you go to actually, I did not. Everything that I've done in my life, I, it was it's been um, you know how you um, something is sent to you, 
and you pray for a way out of something and, and, and hopefully when people pray for something when they get it they mm-hmm. realize that that's what you prayed for it may not come wrapped up in a bow and packaged how you want it mm-hmm. so I didn't fall into teaching I didn't aspire to be a teacher but um, something told me at some point that this is something that I needed to do to give back to my community so I started seeking <laughs> You know, those opportunities where I can actually go, but it wasn't all me. I knew it wasn't because I know I knew back then teachers didn't get paid that a lot of money. So I couldn't have been done and doing it for the money, especially in New Orleans. Back then, my, my salary was going to start at twenty seven thousand. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't. And so whatever I've been pushed into something is always something bigger than me, bigger than my salary, actually to help others besides just myself. And uh, this, this, our brother here, he actually got in touch with us through the comments, right? Or, or was this another guest that actually, you were telling me about? Actually, uh, we met at the LOC. Oh, at the LOC. The LOC <laughs> is the local organizing committee for the Million Man March. Oh. Now it's, now it's entitled Justice or Else. Okay. And uh, Wazir and I attended Justice or Else March. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We drove up there. So... You know, just to show you that we have a commonality. I mean, none of us grew up. I don't maybe JV, but <laughs> we we all come from the urban areas of uh, Houston, and uh, and it was challenging. Um, I actually taught in Galena Park School District mm, for a short while. I did, uh, and also in HSD. Uh, but uh, we, if you're led by your passion, and your passion here is the service of, of, of our people. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this show is designed around, is uh, designed to serve our people, but in a way that we can become uh, solution-orientated and start addressing our own problems, exactly. addressing our own ills. So we're talking about business in a way that we start providing for our own needs and also building wealth. Mm-hmm. And I think you can you can help us with some insight in that area, and and your um, and your ideas on financial literacy. I want to touch on the five challenges in the African American community. And is this, what is this? Is this a um, is this a program that you have? Or and, I, and one I want to know that you called it challenges instead of problems. I love that because it's something that we can rise to overcome. Okay. So yeah. And so this is not all my doing. I, yeah. I, I've been, the company that I've been involved with and I'm, I won't spend too much time on the company because it's kind of like um, um, you eat at a restaurant because of the food not because of the name of the company, right? And so so what this company is able to do and what it is doing in our communities across um, the United States. And so this is... Um, um, we have it right now. As matter of fact, this weekend an African American Leadership Conference was going on in, in um, Orlando, Florida. This is one of the the concepts that was told a few years ago. As matter of fact, I think it was the same year that Trayvon Martin Mama we gave we raised money for her foundation, um, Sabrina Fulton, and she was there. And so basically, the the five challenges, you know, um, generational wealth gap, you know, um, and we when looking at what happened to my mom. There was a missed opportunity, whether it was um, on purpose, which it wasn't, or because some people, they get it. But my mom just didn't know any better. My grandmother didn't. So when I was, when she passed away, her income or her potential of income should have been insured. It should have been enough money to take care of me until I was at least graduated from college, that age, 20, 21 years old. 
So that was a missed opportunity where wealth could have been passed on to me just because she inevitably we're going to die anyway. We don't want to die. We don't want anybody to profit from my death. But this is what other cultures are using to just in case they die too soon. Okay? And so then you have... Um, Investing. So that's another thing with the generational wealth. Um, while you have this life insurance, they know that most people are not going to use it. They're going to, until way later in life, they're going to live to be 70, 80. My grandmother lived to be 91 years old. Well, over that whole time frame while you're working, you need to be investing so that you have a nest egg because you can't live off. You can't go to Kroger with a life insurance policy and say, well, I don't have the money for the grocery. Just hold on to this until I come back. They're going to mm-hmm. put you out of there. Right, but if you have a million dollars plus in a mutual fund over here, five hundred thousand in a four hundred one k, you have another three hundred thousand in your IRA. You can go to the bank all day with that. You can go anywhere with that. And so we we want you to while you prepare for death, we're hoping that you're not going to die. But at least when you in retirement, that money is working for you because you won't be able to work for it anymore. So that's part of passing on generational wealth. The third thing with the generational wealth gap in our community is that we, some of us do own homes, but I I think that's where we stop. A house brings no income in, whether it's paid for or not, because you live in it and you're not going to charge yourself rent, especially if it's paid for. Um, But owning commercial property, I always wonder, how did this stuff pop? Did this this stuff, if I pass by Best Buy, if I pass by Staples or Chick-fil-A or McDonald's, the stuff that just pop up out of the ground. Somebody owns that property. That's right. Somebody owns that business. You know, so we typically don't own commercial property or we don't own what what franchise, things like that. We start off with an idea, but a lot of time we go to our grave with just us. We don't duplicate ourselves. So there's no transition to the next generation. There's no generational wealth there. And then entrepreneurship, because of the integration of, of that led it was civil rights but it led to integration we have abandoned almost totally being self-sufficient with owning businesses in our community I can walk and throw uh, walk up and down the street and won't see anybody that look like me that owns a business right. so that's another thing that could be passed on to the next generation so that leaves that gap there and, then, uh, and, and also the wealth management gap so what, what if you do come into something what do you do with it I've seen a lot of people get money and then five years later, it's gone. Because if you don't have a way to manage that or you don't have, you don't change your way to think. I see this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Dad here. If you don't change your way to thinking, your mind, your subconscious mind wants to literally get back to the, to the position it was in, broke. And we, it's a hard pill to swallow to think that, well, I don't want to be broke. Well, you may say that, but your actions are going to say conscious. So you don't have a plan in place to keep this money, whether you got it from the lottery or a lawsuit or something. Nine times out of ten, you're going to be back in the same situation or worse sure. than what you were before. And then we have the uh, financial advisor gap. We represent one blessed, We let, represent 1%, right at 1% or maybe a little bit less, of financial advisors in this country. We have hardly anyone that looks like us that's representing our best interests. So, um, for instance, when I worked in um, North Forest um, Independent School District, they would come in and talk to us about our benefits. But, I, I, I've been, I've had these credentials for a while and I've had this training by the best for a while. So what I do is I let you talk to me and dig yourself a hole and lie to me and tell me lies. And then after you're finished lying, then I tell you, well, this is what I have. I, this is a, I have a life insurance license. I have a securities license. I have these things. 
after that, they don't want to talk to you anymore. Right. Because they know the gig is, well, can, hold on, sir. Can you print out what you just told me? Can you print this out? Oh, no, I, I can't. When I come back, I, I have another teacher I'm going to see next week. You know, so that we get taken advantage of, you know, because we don't have anybody in our best interest. And the best way to become a novice in something is to do it. Well, you can only do it legally in the United States. Now, we can get into all kind of things, but I don't want to get licensed because I don't want the government in my business. Bottom line, they're going to be in your business if you practice it without a license because they're going to take your butt to jail. Mm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. They're going, to be in, they're going to seize your property. They're going to do stuff. So you have to have a license. Just like in real estate, if you want to sell homes legally, you have to have a license. Right. You can't just hop up one day and get in a car and start driving around and say you're going to represent someone that's trying to buy a home or sell one. Mm -hmm. So the same thing in financial services. They're very similar. The, the, the compensation structure and things, they're, they're similar. So we most people don't know that right out of high school, if you don't have a felony, which is an incentive for our, especially our young men not to get in trouble, some of them may be interested in doing what I do if they're exposed to it. That's right. So they'll stay out of trouble especially if we can catch them in the schools and show them the power of entrepreneurship because this is a this wide open to have your own business, your own branch office in the financial services industry, and it doesn't cost much to do it. Mm. I paid $99 to start my own business with this company right. 12 years ago. Right. I paid $25 a month for my website. I have made thousands of dollars, mm. <laughs> and they paid for my license. That's about $1,300 worth of licenses through the state which means I don't have to really stay with this company. But the only reason why I do, because we do the right thing 100% of the time. There's nowhere I've seen where somebody's going to come to your house, teach you, and then pass the baton and you say, look, I don't want to keep coming here spoon-feeding you information. I want to make you the expert so that you can be an ambassador in your household and teach other people. Each one, teach one. I cannot touch everybody in Houston by myself or in the world by myself. I have to duplicate myself and only way I can do that is by getting somebody else licensed. Um, also, the mentorship, leadership, yeah, we can stay here all day. I don't have um, many mentors, especially males in my life because they have been pulled out of the household, pulled out of by what's going on in the community, you know, whether like my dad, he was in and out of jail, so he couldn't mentor me. My dad, my uncles, they were doing drugs, you know, all those things. So, I mean, and then again, and especially when it comes to economics, if you don't have anybody that's licensed, Harley, you don't even know that that, if I say I'm security's licensed, most people, most people ask me, well, you're a security guard? Yeah, yeah. So they don't even realize the terminology. So that, mm -hmm. that goes to show you right there that there's nobody mentoring or talking the right stuff to. We have a lot of street philosophers about economics. That's right. But where has it gotten us? That's right. Because mm. you can't implement anything with street philosophy. You have to have the right things in place to be able to the infrastructure to do, is, do that as well. And then, uh, again, going back to the business ownership, I cannot emphasize enough. If we stop doing... For the other three, the other things that we say, other than other than, uh, and we had businesses. Mm -hmm. We didn't do any other. We didn't have life insurance. We didn't have all this. We just focused on businesses and not working and freedom. I mean, come on now. I mean, I got tired. The reason why I don't teach anymore. This is my second year. I, my last school I taught in was Glade Park North Shore Middle School. Okay. And. I went to North Shore. Shout out North Shore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I love the kids. I yeah. love, but, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying that my career was totally bad. It wasn't. I had some very good times, but at some point I wanted to be free. At some point I wanted to see my son. I have a son. He's five years old. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter. She's two. 
especially my son. I want him to see me building something for myself that he saw from the ground up that he can take on or he can sell it mm-hmm. or he can assign somebody else to run it and still make money. So, but I couldn't give him that job, no matter how bad, how, how good right. I was. If I became the superintendent of um, of Galena Park ISD, I can't. And I passed away, and he happened to be grown, and he has all the credentials. I couldn't say, "Well, this is my son. Go ahead on and hire him." That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if it does, I mean, <clears throat> that's one in a million. You know what can you? But you can pass a business down from generation to generation. So that's the problems that we have in our community, or challenges rather that we have that we must overcome simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if you're teaching the youth, that means you coming from a a, a first step. Like I want to know if somebody wants to become financially literate, what are the first steps? Like what should they be looking at on on the entry level? Well, for the first step, you need to look at institutions that have have caused you not to be financially literate and limit your interaction with them. So as we teach in the company that I work with, that banks, credit unions, and insurance companies has historically given us a low rate of return on their money. Well, they don't just get money out of thin air. We bring our money to them. They don't have money till we bring it. So how do they make the money to give us this so-called interest? Which is usually, if I look at the regular savings account, that's 0.01 something percent. So if you're looking at that, how, so they're investing. Most of they're the biggest contributors. A lot of times of mutual funds and things like that that we should be contributing our money to. The only thing I, my wife and I have at a bank is a checking account. As fast as we pay our bills, it comes out. You're not going to invest my money and make money off my money. So then you got to know the rule, the, the the game of money, the rule that exists. There's only one rule to money. It's called the rule of seventy two. This tells you how long your money is going to double. So if you want to do a fact check or you want to do a, a check on what are you getting a return on your investment, your rate of return, you go find out. So if you have a 3% rate of return, you divide that into 72, that's going to take 24 years if you have $10,000 today in the bank for it to become $20,000. And that don't include all of the fees they're hitting you with. Because yeah, the bank charge you yeah, fees and you end up owing them when you put money in the bank. Exactly. You, you know, we experienced that. So put best, money in there and yeah, exactly. end up you, with fees and take yeah, exactly. all of that. So best case scenario is going to double in 24 years. Well, I'm 41. How old am I going to be in 24 years? 65. I don't have another 24 years to wait around for it to double again. I may not be here. So, um, but 12%. You know, and I'm not saying that you're going to necessarily get that because it still d- depends on the on the economy. But as anything that you're investing in is better than putting it in the bank mm-hmm. long term. Mm. Now, if you're closer to retirement, then, of course, you want to minimize your chances of the money going down. At the, at the, yeah, but that's that's down the road for a lot of us. So we need to get as much as we can while we're young. So knowing that there's a rule of money, you can't play a game if you don't know the rules. You know, I've never played organized football. So I can't go down there um, to the um, Texans, the Texans, yeah. and 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 beat them at their own game. I mean, they 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 they've practiced this thing. They, so how how is anybody going to win the money game if they don't know the rule exists? Most people cannot explain to me what the rule of seventy two is. Some people who've majored in finances, isn't that something? Mm. You spent all that money and you don't even know what the rule of seventy two is to go to school. Mm. While your counterpart 
just got a license straight out of high school and they have a whole business running. You've wasted four and a half, five years, came out with student loans. You got to spend the next four and a half, five years just to even play catch up to where they are. And if they're five years ahead of you again, that's right. Mm. you know, and that's for the ones that even have heard of this industry. Cause I've pulled many a kids over the last 10 years that I taught when I taught when I did teach 10 years and asked them what do they want to do when they get out of school no not one of them told me that they wanted to be a financial advisor not one basketball player football player they're going to go to school for this they're going to go to school for that mm-hmm. business management I said wouldn't it be the, the, the ultimate management of business to manage mm-hmm. your own business that's right well most of us you know in the black community will go to school to get a job mm-hmm you know, yeah. stay out like you was talking about. Stay out of trouble. Yeah, <laughs> get a good job that with benefits, mm-hmm. and we 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 don't think about ownership. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't have ownership, you can't be a wealth. Mm-mm. And you're not investing. We're not taught to invest. We're taught to save. Mm-hmm. Really, we're taught to consume. Yes. <laughs> well, the first step is to save and then to invest. Mm-hmm. So you're right on it. You're right. Mm-hmm. On it. I think it's a good time we need to take a break and go ahead and pay some of these bills. And I want to get back because you got a wealth of knowledge right now. So, <laughs> so we're going we gonna to take this time right now to uh, shout out some of the companies that have been supporting us and making it possible for us to bring you all this information to the Business Building Blocks podcast. I'm, I'm uh, in my gift bag because we have a, a new title. Oh, we got a new title? We have a new title. It's called uh, The Teachings 2.0. Teachers 2.0. It's a, you know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan uh, has a Twitter account, and people was asking him questions on his uh, Twitter account, Mm -hmm. and he answers those questions. And uh, brother, we called him the Twitter Army General. He compiled these uh, questions and answers called the Teachers 2.0, and he put it in a book. This is volume two. You can now acquire this volume at nationproducts.com, nationproducts.com. And again, we, t- we talked earlier about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad can be acquired on nationproducts.com. Nation Products has been our platinum sponsor since the onset of uh, business building blocks. And uh, uh, believe it or not, a lot of what we've been talking about relates to separation. And we had a, a guest on, attorney and Judge Warren F. Muhammad. He wrote a book, A Case for Separation. You can get this book on nationproducts.com. And also, nationproducts.com are literacy advocates. So, for your children, we got an enormous amount of children books to start addressing the literacy of our children. Because education starts at home. And one title uh, comes to mind is Chemistry for Children. Because we think that we can, just like uh, science and mathematics, they say that black children uh, are not good in math and science. And if you don't know math, you can't have financial literacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, and all of these are bases for business and nation building. And that's what separation really is, nation building. Where we'll be able to provide for our needs and govern ourselves. While our children are not being qualified for that, if they're only being trained, you know, trained for jobs. So if we wanted them to have an education outside of the box, we have to begin at home. And that means we need to start searching out 
the literature, you know, the text, and start teaching them at home. That's nationproducts.com. And um, as a public service announcement, I always like to mention the Final Call newspaper. And this, uh, there was recently there was a terrorist attack in New Zealand where a terrorist shot up a mosque and they tied it to the president, Donald Trump, and his white uh, supremacy and his white nationalism. And um, this uh, struggle between uh, white supremacy is not local. It's a, a national and international struggle against white supremacy. So you can learn about that in the Final Call newspaper. Go to finalcall.com. It's finalcall.com. And uh, you can get a digital subscription at digitalfinalcall.com. Support the Final Call newspaper because we have to have independent black media that tells the story from our perspective. A lot of the images, black images, are icons are being vilified in the media. And you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It started back there with uh, O.J. Simpson. Uh, even before then, but uh, Bill Cosby, now Michael Jackson, R. Kelly. And, you, and, and, and even if they were guilty of some crimes, they're being, cri- they're being tried in the media. So I don't think it's about them individually. It's about their legacy. Michael Jackson is dead. So what are you charging a dead man with? You can't bring him to court. Yeah. But you can bring him into the court of opinion. Mm-hmm. And these are psychological attacks on the our image, our view, our worldview, how the world views us. And if you can uh, vilify us, then that comes before the genocide. You know, like uh, Hitler did the Jews. Next, they'll be putting us in gas ovens if we don't speak out against that and start um, projecting our own image, having a positive image. One thing about Bill Cosby legacy was the Cosby Show, mm-hmm. but you don't—they'll take off his uh, shows that were syndicated around the world, and now they're talking about removing Michael Jackson music. Don't listen to his music. So they ruining our images, you know, and how we view ourselves. At the same time, they projecting all this negative imagery of us. So support black media, and then we need to support black art that are doing positive things, projecting positive images. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing economically is the economic blueprint. And I, I don't want to stay on it too long, but I do want to say this. Go to economicblueprint.org. That's economicblueprint.org. This is a fund designed for our community to acquire farmland. And also this land will be the basis of economic development. You know, there's no freedom economically without land. Um, We'll be able to feed ourselves. We'll be able to provide all of our needs. And the basis, all of the resources, all the natural resources come from the land. We're only asking for five cents a day. That's 35 cents a week. $18.20 a year per wage earner in our community. If we can make that minimum sacrifice, we can begin to build wealth collectively. And that's what unity comes in. And I don't think that's a major sacrifice when in Houston alone, the sales tax is 8.25% per dollar. That means you're going to spend eight cents every time you spend a dollar 
mm-hmm. in Houston mm-hmm. when we only ask for five cents for the whole day. And you spend more than a dollar a day. So that's economicblueprint.org. Did we cover everything? I think we did. I think you touched on everything. I want to get back into it because I want to know if we're going to start uh, building wealth, We, I think it's hard for a lot of people because we're coming from... A lot of people in our community are dealing with large amounts of debt, from student loan mm-hmm. debt to the car uh, repossession to the house being foreclosed. You know, it's it's debt on top of debt. A lot of people have a lot of debt. So I want to know what is the biggest mistake that a lot of people are making in the black community financially, and how can we, you know, stop doing it? How can we? What are ways to mitigate those damages that we have been causing on ourselves financially? Well, one of the things a program I have my uh, clients on is minimi- minimizing your taxes, using the stuff that's in the system. You know, so when you go back to congressmen and congresswomen, a lot of them they're descendants of people who um, were they, they they started businesses and they're still around. You know, hundred, over a hundred and something years ago. So a lot of the programs and stuff, a lot of tax code and stuff is written really for them. You know, so if I um, I have a client, for instance, that, that works, so I told them to increase your allowances. But we're not going to spend that money. Those allowances are going to go into an IRA for you. You're going to get a credit. So I have one client that got a credit of $1,200 just for maxing out her IRA because they're giving $220 a year. I mean, a, a, a per thousand that you're putting in there, $220 per thousand. So $5,500, that's roughly about $1,200 and something dollars. So just from that. So if she owes anything, then she would just pay out of this big pool of money that she's been saving every year. So number one, you're saving and investing. So let's say you do that for 40 years. You started working when you were 20 and you did that till you were 60, 65 years old, 40, 45 years. That's been projected. That's another two fifty dollars to $300,000 cash that you would have because you've done that correctly the right way. A lot of people, they get scared when I tell them that. Well, am I going to get in trouble for putting all those allowances on? No, the, the, the W-4 is different from you actually filing. Okay. You can change your W-4 all year long. It's when you go to file. Okay. Not only that, if your income, if you were just single this year and your income was less than 35, if you get your adjusted gross income down to less than 31500 they give you a saver's credit for saving. Oh, okay. That's another $1,000. So you got twelve hundred dollars for fifty five hundred plus another. That's twenty two hundred dollars. If you owe the IRS anything, you may get money back for saving your own money. Okay. You know, so that that's one of the things. So minimizing your taxes. Um, again, going building wealth, making sure that you know the right thing is the right thing. We've been sold some stuff by companies, and I won't name any of them for legal reasons, but um, there's companies that have been in our communities for decades, and we have not built any wealth. There's insurance companies, investment companies that have come, and they've really, they've raped us blind. Um, I have a cousin right now in New Orleans. She's my dad's first cousin, so we're second cousins. She's about 63, 64 years old. She's been paying since 1995 $36 a month for a life insurance policy that's only going to pay out $10,000. As we speak today, she's paid over $10,000 for that policy. Plus, in those policies, you borrow your own money out the policy, and you pay 6 to 8% interest when they were only giving you 2 to 4% interest. in these. So this, this is a whole life policy. And nobody... 
if you think about it, you don't purposely pay on anything your whole life. You wouldn't want to pay on a car your whole life. You wouldn't no. want to pay on a house your whole life. You know, but we've been fooled into thinking that this is a benefit because we can borrow. But if you borrow, if you went to Chase Bank today, mm. Wazir, and they told you, oh, well, we've changed the rules. The, that checking account you have, you have to borrow your money out and you're going to pay 6 to 8% interest. They would have the news station probably be out there, up there for... Mm-hmm. We'd be cutting up, right? right. But the, the insurance companies have snuck this in on us, and they target people who are not very knowledgeable about money. Most wealthy people are not going to go for that deal. Yeah. They're not. Because yeah. if you think about it, if you're going to pay, when you buy insurance, you want the insurance company to pay more out. So that's making sure you have the right type of insurance, making sure you're not pay overpaying for taxes, making sure you start saving sooner than later. I, I have the ability, most companies that are out there, if you don't have a quarter of a million dollars saved, you're going to hear crickets on the other end of the phone. Well, with my company, $25 a month. Mm. That'll get you, and, and if you start, and and I can even start as young as a child, if your child can read and write, let's, think, mm. let's sit down and think of a way we can start a business for them. I'm going to tell you how simple it is to start a business. I can take my son, to the courthouse tomorrow morning, we can do a DBA. That's $16. We can go straight from there to Sam's Club and buy all the candy that we want, and we're going to sell it. We're going to undercut the school because they sell it after school at the school that I used to work at. So we're going to sell a little bit less than them. We're going to catch them coming out the door with the school, right? Right. Just hypothetically. That's a business. I can turn around and start a a IRA, a child IRA for my son because he's self-employed at age six. He's going to be six. Six years old. $25 a month all the way to his retirement age. He'll be a millionaire. That does not include anything that he's doing on a job like a 401k or anything extra that he's doing for money. He will outright be a millionaire just from us starting this practice of investing money at such a young age. So that's starting early instead of waiting. Most of us don't get serious um, in my assessment. I've been doing this for 12 years about saving for retirement until we're about 40. That's right. Mid-30s, 40s. And by then you've lost a lot of time. It takes you about four to six times as much to save just to catch up. I want to interject right here just to to be included in in the dialogue. Uh, what you're saying is so clear and and so fundamental, and other people are doing it. I mean, we're already selling mm-hmm. candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we sell candy for the for the school mm-hmm. when they want to do fundraisers, fundraisers. But to look at it from our perspective and our interest, it's a business. Yeah, if you're selling M and M's, M and M is a corporation, mm-hmm. so they're making money off us off of you selling M and M. Or if you standing in front of the Walmart or whatever, because yeah. sometimes they give. And we all have children; they have multiple fundraisers, mm-hmm. and they send the, the the candy home or the cookies yeah. home or whatever. And then a lot of times the parents are bringing it to their jobs and they're selling exactly. It. But it's a company on the other end that's benefiting. But and even we're being taxed for the school, so we we exactly. we paying property tax. For the school, and we sell and we working for the school uh-huh. in these fundraisers, but we're not working in our own interests. So, and I like where you brought that up. So when I sit down and I try to tell somebody, you can do what I do. Well, I don't like sales. I say you're in sales, whether you believe it or not. The thing that I was selling and didn't know it for the school system was the star exam. Mm-hmm. There's millions of dollars that's made around that exam. 
And let me tell you one thing about that exam, too. The people, I guarantee you, and I may be wrong, but um, I, I'm just going off my own wisdom, and I've been around for a while. Those people that are involved in that test, their kids at the state level, their kids don't go to a public school, so they don't even have to take the test. So that's to me, that's blasphemous. My grandmother used to say, "What's good for the goose is good for the gander." If, if if that test is all that, you should be, and you made it. Mm-hmm. Your kids should have to go to school and take it. That's right. You know, so there's a lot of money made. So either you are, you're the seller, or you're a part of the sales process. You know, so people say, well, that's a noble profession that you had teaching, Michael. It was so good, this, that, and the other. But yes, I, but I also was used as a pawn to get to, for other people to make hundreds of thousands of dollars when I was getting paid peanuts. That's right. So they're making money off these standardized tests? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. uh, ETS, they're not doing that for free. ETS, when I, I don't know if, they're, I don't know if they're, they're the ones that's doing the tests now, but when yeah. I was in the school system, ETS was the one that made the exam. Right. They're not doing that for free. These are million-dollar contracts. Yeah. Hmm. And how many of those contracts go to are going to our community. Af- uh, zero. Zero, yeah. <laughs> like how many of us are taking those tests? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it, it, it's the same script, uh, different cast. So you just, yeah. you know, it's not changing across, you know, it, nothing is going to, obviously. Mm. Um, you know, so when we look at just how simple it is, either you're going to always be the person being sold to or you're going to step up to the plate. And I just refuse to believe that we don't have the ability. It's fear. False evidence yeah. appearing real. Yeah. Yeah. You're scared that if you step out on your own, you're going to somehow fail. And in some instances, it is a valid fear because this is what has happened to me as a result of trying to step out on my own. I've been alienated. <laughs> my yeah. family doesn't want to, because we're not used to supporting us. Right. So why are you doing that? strange what you're doing, so I'm not going to support. Not only that, this is the other thing. You run the risk of them talking about you to other people. So the people that would have supported you, be it, so you say, well, that, you're not going to be successful doing that. Well, what has happened is you've tried to not, you tried to make what you say true. Mm-hmm. And life and death is in the power of the tongue, like they say. So if you say you're not going to be successful, you may be right. Because you're going to do everything to keep you from being, and not only that, you'll do everything to keep, because I was at a career fair yesterday. This lady said she had an account with us one time, but the career fair was for your children, not you. Because she didn't have a good experience or thought she didn't, because I, I, I refuse to believe she didn't. What happens is she didn't understand what she had, and so when you, a lot of times when you don't understand what you have, you think some, something else is better. So she rolled her eyes and she kept going. But your child missed an opportunity where they can have their own business at 18. That's right. All the other companies, financial companies out there, those are the ones that have caused us to be where we are. That's right. Mm. The company that I represent was started to stop that wrong. And so another thing that, we, that I've been asked, um, well, does, does, does black people own the company that you work with? I, you don't, you don't mean not own the corporate corporate part of it, but I have friends that own their own franchise. Mm-hmm. So, are you telling me if you could have the opportunity to earn, own a trans franchise? I have a friend in New Orleans that I went to high school with. Her parents' franchise is worth four million dollars. Mm-hmm. He was a letter carrier at the post office, and he has a business that pays him predictable three hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand dollars a year. And she was voted the best dresser. So, I mean, and this has been since his income after Hurricane Katrina where everything was chaotic. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. jumped from $150,000 a year to over $350,000 a year. He has made no less than that since 2005. So it's the power of that, and they own their business. If they want to pass it down from generation to generation, it, it's, 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 right. it's a done deal. Mm. And all he paid was a hundred and something dollars to get started. But the sweat equity, he's, you can't put a value on that, what he's putting. He's, it's not easy to build a business in financial service, especially in our community, because it is strange. Mm-hmm. It's strange. We're used to getting up, going to a work job, and we, that, to a job that we don't like, mm-hmm. and we justify it. We say we like it, but if I gave you a million dollars a day and you didn't show up to that job tomorrow, that goes to show you how much you like that job. That's right. Mm. We don't like, but we have to tell ourselves that because that's all we see. We don't think there's anything else out there that can save us. And sometimes you got to do something that you don't see yourself doing to get where you want to get. That's right. Yeah, we can't keep doing the same thing over and over expecting different results. Because a lot of times... These companies don't respect us anyway. That's mm-hmm. that's my problem with it. And we keep having these instances where there's Gucci or, mm-hmm. you know, H&M or somebody like that would disrespect us. But then when we have a company, like you're saying, that's, that's within our community, we don't support it like we should. So I'm wondering, how do we, how do we build that connection between the black consumer and the black business? How do we strengthen that connection? And how do we, we get the people... To um to see value in ourselves and our businesses, like is there something we can do, or is it, or is there some some way, or how how do you see that going in the future? Well, first of all, you got to have trust. Yeah. Um, and that's typically something that I I give to people. Trust. I trust you at first until you show me otherwise. Right. Because if you don't, it's like you you can't. It's just like um being you're you're not guilty. You know. Until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we don't get that in the justice system. You're guilty and then you got to prove yourself not being That's guilty. Right. Right. You know, but it's just like that. So I trust up front. So I seek and I look for um, somebody who looks like me that has a business and I give them the opportunity to prove themselves worthy of continuing business with me. Um, and I and I don't just stop there. So um, you have people, well, if I have a bad experience, oh, well, I'm not going, I'm just not going to do anything. You know, no, that's what you, you have to find somebody else. And then you might not necessarily do it with Michael if I'm not your cup of tea, but find somebody else. So it's, it's, that's group, that's the first step in group economics. Mm. And then also doing your research in the right places. Stop listening to people who are in the same boat as you. I have an uncle that's been married for 50 years. He can tell me anything about marriage. But the minute he starts telling me about wealth, I tune out. <laughs> you can't tell me about that. And I love my uncle to death, but he's been in the same house for over 50 plus years. And his his financial situation diminished as he retired. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me I love him to death, but stop listening to your broke uncle, your broke friend. Stop going Google for negative information. And you're going to find what you're looking for. They talk about God on, on Facebook mm-hmm. or, or, or Google or whatever. And so... Get viable resources. So if you want to know about a person, let's start with the licensing. So if they're licensed, they say that they sell life insurance, Louisiana Department, I mean, I'm, I'm going back to Louisiana, Texas Department of Insurance. It's one place you want to start. If they say they do investments, are they licensed through FINRA? In the Securities Exchange Commission, you can go to brokercheck.com to find that out. Now, that's a start. Then you want to start looking at the person's integrity because there's a lot of people that's licensed out here that don't have any integrity. They'll sell their mama something just to make some money. 
And so you have to look at that. But then you also, if somebody's affording you an opportunity to get, um, it's kind of hard to teach somebody to make a fool of themselves. You know, so what, I also ask questions. Um, you want me to buy this policy, sir? Can I see your life insurance policy? Mm. Because I'm quite sure you've got the best thing that your company have to offer on you. So I want to see yours. Mm-hmm. If they won't bring you theirs and let you see that, that's that's a clue right there that they're trying to sell you something that's going to pay them a commission. That's right. Because I don't have a problem. I, my clients have the same exact policy that I have other than my information is different. My age may be different. But we have the same exact policy. And the good thing about what I offer, I only offer one type. Mm. There's no policy that we have. and so we But we train you how to get rid of insurance. And become self-insured over time. So connecting, ha- trusting, having faith in your own people. Because I see too many people, they go and they run to somebody else's. They think their ice water is more cold. And that's a start there. Um, since we are just only so many financial advisors to begin with that are black, right. seek out some and support them. You can go to, I know it was a big push to go to Unity Bank, which is it's a it's a, a black-owned bank, this, that, and the third. But let me tell you something about a bank. They still have to invest in a global economy, which is not owned by black people. Mm-hmm. That's how they get the, the money to give you interest, loans, and stuff like that. So, But there's a middle person that's in between the global economy and the bank, and that's your financial advisor that have these securities like so Series 6, 63, 7, and all these different series. Well, that's the people we need to also bring into the picture and support because there's billions of dollars being lost from in between the bank and the global economy. Mm. So I'm kind of starting to understand if we're kind of running out of time, oh, okay. we need to get uh, the... Uh Contact your contact information, okay. and so my um, contact information is um, uh, my cell phone number is you, any, you can call anytime is eight three two three five three nine zero eight three. I also have a business associate that you can also contact. Um, pull up her number. Tamika Motley, and her number is two eight one eight six five seven two eight three. Tamika Motley, 8281-865-7283. And again, my number is 832-353-9083. Is there any social media? Are you on Facebook? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. My Facebook page, I'm Michael J. Brown, the financial coach. Also, you can check me out at www.primerica.com forward slash M underscore Brown. And so that'll give you a history. You can also, on that, on my um, page, it also has a link to broker check. That's very, very important that you check out people that are going to be handling your money and you don't just stop there because, again, there's a lot of people that are licensed that do take advantage. Most of them are licensed that's taking advantage. I, I hadn't asked you the direct question that you, you can uh, help a person uh, purchase stock, a uh, 401k, mutual, Yeah, so we can, do, we can do 401ks. Mutual funds. We can do uh, 403B, so that's your nonprofit organizations. We um, also help with wills, which is very important. I have my mother-in-law. She passed away a couple of years ago without a will. Um, I talked to her about it, but she didn't do it. That is a disaster. It's, the state takes control of everything until you can get somebody appointed. So everything under the under sun. So also an asset um, protection, so auto and homeowners insurance, and we don't do it just because we got that on the platform. The reason why we do it because most people don't know that they're overpaying 
in insurance. If we can revert that money back into savings, that is you'll end up with what the insurance company would have made off of you for that extra money that you spend. That's another nest egg for retirement. Okay. Um, we do home security system because your biggest asset that needs to be protected is your home okay. for most people. So we, it's a lot of things that we do on our platform, but asset protection and asset management is what we do. And from eight, I say we can serve somebody from 8 to 80. Okay. You know, we have everything that you need. One-stop shop. You don't have to go anywhere else. All right. I mean, we enjoyed having you as a guest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to have to continue to educate. We might have to bring you back for part two. I see that. Yeah, uh, I, I would like to do a series on diff- a different um, topic, specific topic involving financial literacy and dive more deep into that um, as time goes on. Okay, we, we do need to let people know how to get business building blocks. You can get business building blocks on our, our podcast app. Uh, on the iPhone, there is a purple. Yeah, every iPhone has the purple app already. Uh, it's one of the apps that comes on your phone. It's the podcast app. You just search Business Building Blocks Podcast and you hit subscribe. And you'll be updated every every uh, new episode. You can also listen if you don't have an iPhone on soundcloud.com slash Business Building Blocks Podcast. Um, or you can just search Google Business Building Blocks Podcast and it'll come up uh, on there. Um, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, um, um, particularly on on um, on Facebook. We're on Facebook. This week, Facebook Live, uh, but we do have a Facebook page and a Facebook group, Business Building Blocks. Um, support those uh, businesses that post their ads on our our Facebook pages and our, our social media pages. It's not just uh, uh, the Business Building Block we want you to support. We want you to support these. Businesses that we're networking with, the ones that we're featuring, our guests. And uh, we have our cameraman, Joseph Vons. You want to give out your information? How they can reach you? Yeah, everybody can reach me on Instagram at J-O-S-E-P-H-V-A-U-G-H-N-S. That's J-O-S-E-P-H-V-A-U-G-H-N-S. Thank you. And Wazir, I know you got music. Oh, yeah, y'all could... uh, Follow me on Instagram at Wazir underscore W-A-Z-E-E-R underscore. Uh, the uh, Bars for Breakfast series is still continuing. Where we doing videos where, you know, I, I direct a video, edit it, produce the track, write it, and, and we bring you a new theme every new episode. Joseph, your, your album just dropped too. <laughs> oh, really? You want to announce it here? <laughs> he ain't want me to shout him out either. Okay. We were real modest, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, you just had a you had a, a recent boss for breakfast yeah. drop too. Yeah, you? I dropped one for my birthday. Y'all go check that out. It's um yeah, it's it's in a birthday boy? What is it? That's what it was called, but it, you know the name is not really that important. It's really just I did it for my birthday and it was it was creative. But y'all check that out. Uh yeah, y'all check that out. But um I feel inspired. A lot of stuff that he said today I, d- I had no idea about so I'm gonna I'm gonna do more research and we definitely have to have you back on because okay. it sounds sounds like it's like a whole different we could do a whole lecture series on this okay. so I'm inspired. Uh, this is biz, the business building blocks podcast. You have the blocks now go to building. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.